Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here with Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright. It's a big day, Nikki. It's a big, big day. I'm so looking forward to this show. I hope I, you, I, I'll just tell you, this, we're going to talk about email. We haven't talked about email in a while. Yes. And uh, Melissa is has directed November as Techvember. And so we're starting with email 2022. Tech. Techvember. Yeah. I love yeah, it. I love it too. Uh, and so we're talking all about uh, technology. We're starting with email because apparently this is a thing that's coming up for you. Like if people are, are struggling oh. with email. Is that what you're hearing? It is a thing and it's, it's a constant thing. And I know we've talked about it in shows past, uh, but it's still something that I see as a, as an issue with most of my clients. And, and even if they start to get caught up, it kind of goes back. It's like that. It's like the house that you get organized and then it goes back to being disorganized very quickly. It, it's sort of that type of space. It just, well, it's, it's hard. It's, it's Godfather hard to three. figure it, Godfather out. Godfather three. Every time I try to get out, they pull me back in. That's yes. What it is. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. So uh, it it is, it is hard. We've talked about email over the years many times, and that's part of what Tech Member is about, is updating, you know, where our positions have changed, how our methodologies and workflows have changed over the years. So we're going to talk through some of that. And uh, Nikki has consolidated some of the questions and, and struggles that you have, have worked with. So I have worked that into my outline. I hope it's not just Great. me rambling for, you know, the next 40 minutes. So please, oh, Nikki, Oh, I will chime in. in I will chime in. Um uh, but before we before we start, head over to TakeControlADHD.com. Get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show there on the website or subscribe to the mailing list. We'll send you an email each time a new episode is released. You can follow us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest at TakeControlADHD. But if you really want to connect with us, join the ADHD Discord community. Uh, it's super easy to jump into the general chat channel at TakeControlADHD.com slash Discord. That will take you over to the general sort of uh, welcome page and sign in if you're already a Discord user. You just sign in with your Discord credentials and it'll let you right into our chat room and you can uh, join our server. If you'd like a little bit more, you can become a patron. Uh, Patreon is listener-supported podcasting. For just a few bucks a month, you can get access to many, many secret layers of Discord channels where the real action is happening. Uh, that's the fun stuff. And, you know, if you were a member, you uh, would be able to jump in and chat live in our uh, Show Talk channel. Uh, there, We have a thread open every time we do a podcast episode. You can watch us live on video and ask questions and uh, comment with others who are in the chat room. We absolutely, it's, it's my favorite part of doing the podcast is the live stream. Uh, and the chat is all happening on Discord. So visit patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast, patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast to learn more. And uh, we have we have some news. We do. Well, I have an announcement right here. I know you didn't write it, but you're supposed to say with great jubilance, yes, Pete, we have news because we haven't had news in so yes. long. Yes. And I didn't read the <laughs> announcement. You didn't even read the news. <laughs> Do you hear that, Melissa? I think you can take that up with Nikki later. Here, look, we are quickly yes. approaching the end of the year uh, and the end of season 25 of the ADHD podcast. Wow. And uh, we really would love to end season 25 on a fun high note with a Q&A episode. I'm like, what are we getting ourselves into? That means I don't know. We, we really actually need your questions for us to give you our answers. Uh, what, and they can be about anything. anything. That's what's fun, yeah. right? It doesn't have to be tech-related, ADHD-related. You can ask me why I have three cats. I might like to know the <laughs> answer to that you. myself. Every time you get it's like Menudo <laughs> with cats over there. Every time one leaves, you get a new cat to replace it. I get two. Yeah, you get yeah. two new cats. They multiply. <laughs> uh, we will answer whatever you want to throw at us. You can email us your questions to info at takecontroladhd.com or send us a message on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, or or Discord. Don't forget, I just made a long thing about Discord. You could uh, definitely ask. You can ask uh, Discord Mom. Uh, do send a DM to uh, Discord Mom in Discord. That's Melissa, and she will collate the questions, and uh, we will we will jump in. Oh my goodness, what are we like what are it. we doing? The last day to submit questions is Sunday, December eleventh. So you got a month. You got a month. You're fine. Mm -hmm. You're fine. Let it stew, because we all know. Who are we kidding? You're all going to post questions on Saturday, December 10th. 
That's true. I know you. Don't. It's a it's a light. I know it's a, you. It's you know me. That's how we're gonna do that it. That might that's happen. Yep, and all that's right. all right. We'll take them. Let's talk to email. Email. All right. I don't email. know if you noticed my announcement today was actually me talking to email. Oh, hi, email. How are you doing? Uh, it's been a long time since we've uh, talked about email. I started when I started framing this this question. Obviously, you you posted a whole bunch of things to think about with email. But when I started posting this question, I thought, you know, why is it that we are uh, regrouping again about email? Uh, what is changing about email that that we need to that we need to address. And so I started by asking my son as he is, I mean, slurping down cereal this morning. Disgusting, like an, yes. like an animal. Disgusting animal. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious about this because I don't think that uh, our kids use email the way we use email. Well, this is what I thought was interesting. And so I give you the email car truck analogy platform statement. He does not okay. look at email. He has hundreds of emails that are unread in his box. But he does look at email when it when it solves a particular specific purpose, right? So one, if somebody official, an adult, mails emails him something and says, check your email for XYZ, right? If you tell him or send him a text, Hey, somebody's going to email you something official, something you need to sign, whatever. Go check your email. He'll look at his email. So is that school related? Could be like, school related. Know... Could be medical right. related okay. because he's of age now. So sometimes the doctor's offices want to send him forms directly, uh, that kind right. of a thing. Or when it has large attachments that he needs to get to someone else with whom he is not sharing any sort of file service or direct transfer. So those are the conditions when he uses email. And, and so he, he uses it like a truck, a truck, like a big semi truck for attaching big things on the, <laughs> the internet superhighway. Uh, he'll mm -hmm. use that. But the cars for quick communication, it's, it's a messaging platform. It's Discord, it's texts, it's messages, right. it's, um, you you know, uh, Instagram, like it's one of the mm -hmm. direct platforms and Snapchat. Yeah. yeah. And, and largely those like he doesn't actually he's on Instagram, but he doesn't really use it for Instagram, like the core Instagram. He uses it mostly for messaging. And so right. like his core group of friends or small groups. Um, and I think he has I think he has WhatsApp, uh, WhatsApp or WeChat, one of those uh, because he has a group mm -hmm. of international friends in China that um, that, you know, he went to school with. So I think that's really interesting because perspectives change, I do too. right? Perspectives on email change. It's the nature of technological evolution. And I think what's so important about this is that in technology in particular, my assessment is, could be wrong, happy to be wrong. I'm old. I don't really care that much anymore. Those changes trickle up. That's my experience, that when I was a younger person, I was influencing my parents to do things a certain way and they adapted. My son is doing mm -hmm. things a certain way that is is in influencing how I communicate with him, right? Those changes trickle up. And as such, because so many of the developers of apps are watching what young people are doing with their technology, the apps are changing and influencing how we use our technology. One case in point. That Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say that is so true because if you think about uh, how email is used in the workplace, right? Yeah. I think that that's where it's used a lot is in the workplace. But now if you go into a lot of organizations, you will see that they're using Slack yes. and Discord, uh, but a lot of Slack mm -hmm. for sure it, to communicate within teams and things like that. So what you may have gotten in an email before, now you're getting that information in Slack. So it it it's just interesting to connect the dots there from what you're saying. Yeah. I never thought of it that way well, until you just look at us. We're like talking we're about it. we're using Spark, which is an email client and that email client it ties into to Google. So all of our our work email is hosted in in Google's workspace, essentially Gmail. And so we just say, "Hey, Spark, Go fetch all of our email and let, give us this nice front end of 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 email that's just our Google stuff. 
Well, Spark has introduced its own chat layer on top of email. Right. So now right. when an email comes in that you and I and Melissa have to work <laughs> on together, we're not forwarding it back and forth to one another. This is yet another channel of discussion where there's now a chat window about the email. It's like a meta layer on top of the email that allows us as a business to talk right. about the email and and in, engage conversation without the, the threads. That's one example of how email is changing and integrating more quick function uh, rather than large threads and forwards and reply alls. And that's the stuff that we're seeing kind of changing. So that doesn't right, right. doesn't necessarily address the overwhelm, but I just as a platform statement, I just want to know want want to note that I am aware, and we should all be aware that our use of email continues to change. Might mm -hmm. that make it easier to approach this sense of overwhelm as we continue our conversation? Right. So let's see. Let's just see. Let's be open to that. So overwhelm. I think overwhelm comes. When, just like any other system, right, when your expectations of how something works runs into conflict with the reality of how that thing works, you get overwhelmed. Or I'll say, it, I'll personalize it, right? I get overwhelmed. And so I was thinking about this example. I'm not exaggerating here. We have a ton of blankets in our living room, like in a basket. We have all these blankets. Mm -hmm. And at their best, they're all folded up. And then we come down for movie night and we each pull out a blanket and we get on the couch and we spread out the blankets and it's great. And ideally, at the end of the night, we fold up our blankets and we put them away. And I come <laughs> in in the morning sometimes and the blankets are not put away. It's just a mess. No, they're everywhere. Right. Yeah. The system is such that the blankets and the pillows should be fluffed and the blankets should be put away because that's my level of just like, I I have an expectation. It's my little bit of uh, hyper focus on one system in the house when everything else I've let go completely to hell. That's the thing that my expectation is, that the blankets are OK. And uh, so that expectation, when you use a blanket, you put it away, one person, one blanket, that isn't the reality. So I get totally overwhelmed when I come into Blanket Town, uh, shout out to all my community fans, and I really want people to adapt to my reality. But that's not reality, mm -hmm. right? The, the reality is I need to change my expectations so that they're more in line with the reality around me. I just have to do it. I have to adapt because they're not going to do it. Now, the real reality is I could probably muscle my way in and make some enemies in my family and get the blankets folded. That's fine. I don't want to do that. So we need to come up with a different right. system. <laughs> I haven't figured it out, but I'm working on it. I think the same is true with email, that we get overwhelmed when we approach email with an expectation that isn't in alignment with how email, our email client, or our community that uses email with us exists. And that leads to a lot of email coming in. We don't know what to do with it. We think we have to do things like we would have with paper. We file it in folders. We do those kinds of things. And when we don't, it piles up and blows up in our faces. And then we don't look at it at all. We ostrich, right? We right. hide it. We, yeah. you know, we, we, we don't do that. So we have to, to figure that out. Now, a long time ago, when we were still the organizing podcast, I did an episode, wow. uh, and and that was uh, episode 144, and it was the uh, inbox versus workbox, um, right, when we introduced that concept. I can't believe it's been mm -hmm. that long, many, many years. Um, so when when we thought about revisiting email, I thought about what's changed in my approach. I've, I've changed tools. I've changed computers, but I've never changed this. I can't stand working out of my inbox, right? Stuff gets lost. I can't assign deadlines or projects. It doesn't, doesn't work for me. So the single most important workflow that I have for me is that my email inbox is just one of many inboxes. And when things come in for me to do, I add them to my workbox. That Workbox for me is Todoist, right? That's where my work exists. It has deadlines if that's important. It has projects. It, it allows me to organize the work. Email is just a conduit into my life. It's not where I live and work every day. In fact, I can turn email off and still do all the work that I need to do because everything's referenced in Todoist. Those are the platforms for me that are important. And uh, we had a, a sort of secondary question around those inboxes that I want to make sure I sort of lob in here, uh, which is uh, all about uh, texts, right? The, uh, Melissa had had pointed right, out, she right. said, I was inspired by this Instagram post 
What if you include a note about texting and other communication forms into your email conversation? The struggle of reading a text that comes in and then never responding because you forgot it. If you don't have time to respond in that moment, that kind of a thing. So here's the thing. If you're on Android, you've been able to swipe left on a chat message and mark it as unread for a while now. Um, and so if, if you're on iOS, please, 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 for the love of everything holy, do yourself a favor and upgrade to iOS 16. The latest version just came out last month. Uh, our long national nightmare is over and we finally have the ability to swipe or long press on a message thread and mark it as unread. I, for me, um, I, I still send those bits. I'll copy the text and I'll send it into Todoist. But when I'm like on a dog walk, right, and I happen to be right. looking at my phone at a podcast and a message comes in and it gets marked as read, I, you know, for years I've not been, I would be the guy who forgets those texts. But now I can swipe left, mark the thread as unread it, and it, because my devices are synced, when I get back to my computer, I open messages on my computer and that message is now unread. So I can now do something with it. So, you know, that's a new iOS 16 and macOS Ventura thing. If you're not upgraded, uh, I, I have found those to be um, pretty useful. It, so it, you're just to review what you're saying. If it is a task that needs to go into your workbox, yeah. you will make sure that it goes on like that, that it's tagged unread so that when you are in the place mm -hmm. uh, to be able to move that task over to to do as you're able to do so because it's it's there. It's flat. Yes. Basically and I you. and I do the same thing. You know, most of our work, our back channel work here goes on in Discord. And for True Story FM, uh, we have the same thing. Our team is on Discord in the back end. And when tasks come in in our Discord chat, I always copy the text and put it into Todoist, send it over to Todoist and schedule the work because it's a river. We've talked about it a lot and there are some real benefits to it being a river, but it, uh, the river actually can cause things to get lost. Well, and I think there's a really important point here, too, is that you've asked me specifically, and I'm sure you probably have asked Melissa, too, but you'll say, Nikki, when you have something you want me to do, put it into Discord. Mm -hmm. So you've asked me you've directed me where I should put those things yeah. so that you're not getting it from text message, from email, from discord, from all of these other different avenues. You have a system that you could take care of it, yeah. but your preferences, I would really like you to just put it in discord. So I think it's important to, to let your coworkers know how you prefer them to to give you tasks right. or to share things with you that you need to yeah. put onto the task manager. I, I think that's important. And for us, the the nice thing about it is because we're all on Discord. And in, if you're in your company, you're all on Slack. Like there are integrations with Slack to Todoist and to all kinds of different tools and systems, Gmail, et cetera. Like you can integrate all of those things together to work together. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really important. And I think, uh, you know, uh, we don't, we don't really have time to talk about specific integrations, but that's a perfect thing. Right. If you have a specific question about an integration, bring it to Coffee with Pete on Friday. Mm -hmm. Let's let's talk mm -hmm. about it. You know, if I've never explored it, let's do it together. Let's see what we can what we can put together. Um, and I just want to say, if you don't know what Coffee with Pete is, it is one of our benefits of being a platinum member of Patreon. Mm -hmm. You get to talk to this guy uh, and you get to listen to his um Podcast, uh, yeah. Podcast, yeah, placeholder. the placeholder. So, all right. Sorry, that was a, that was a plug, plug you weren't expecting. I wasn't. But no, you I got had it. to throw that in you got there. It. You <laughs> dug it in. That's fine. Uh, so that that gets us through like how to uh, like the importance of the workbox, uh, and it leads us yes. into this conversation on on inbox zero, and this made me laugh. So. You wrote to me, Zero Inbox, I think it's called, was brought up last week. Is this a good methodology for ADHDers? Now. We've talked about what is actually Inbox Zero in episodes 144, 444, 2210, 438, and 456. So you would think that I would have That's known. That's what made me laugh. Was... Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I wasn't really paying attention to those episodes. That... Because sometimes when we talk tech, my mind goes elsewhere. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible. So a review. Oh, that's really funny. A very quick review of Inbox Zero, <laughs> um, be, for people who have never heard of it or have heard of it and are and I think it's it's misused often. So let's just talk about about it and what is the methodology? What does it mean? And how has it been misused? So this is a concept from Merlin Mann. Uh, Merlin Mann is a, a technologist and a, a speaker 
kind of a philosopher. He was a huge GTD proponent in the early days. Yeah, his website, 43folders.com, was a go-to destination for oh, thinking. Right. Yeah, that was all Merlin Mann. And he gave up the ghost on, on GTD and 43 folders. He was like, you know, it didn't age well enough into the techno- technological age. And no, so, it doesn't. yeah, we kind of moved on. But Inbox Zero has, it, it has hooks. And so this is this is what we think about um, the inbox zero. People think that it means that every day at the end of the day you should have no messages in your inbox. Uh, that that zero messages in your inbox are somehow this representation of your productivity. But like you got it yeah, all done. Yeah, you're done. Everything's filed. Everything's put away. That's not really it. What he's really saying is that zero is the amount of time that your brain should be living in your inbox. And if you have ADHD, you know this feeling, right? Uh, As Merlin says it, in his words, time and attention are finite and productivity suffers when an inbox is confused with a to-do list. This, This is the feeling we live with every single day, that there's something I've forgotten I know it's going to hit me at the worst possible time, and likely it's an appointment or a meeting or some document that I missed in my inbox, that I don't understand my inbox. I don't have a system for thinking about my inbox, whether there's one message or 60,000 messages in it, and so I fear it at some level, and I'm constantly thinking about it. My inbox is not at zero because my attention is always wandering through it, even when I'm not looking at it, and that's what we're trying to stop. So... We, we have some articles of faith. He calls them these articles of faith, and I, I think they'll ring true. They certainly ring true for me. One, some messages are more equal than others, right? Some messages are more equal than others. On any given day, only a handful of emails are important and timely. So stop treating every email like a Christmas present that must be savored. We know this feeling. Like, you, you click on an email like, oh, I might deal with that later. I better save it. Uh, or I'll read, or it, I'll later. read it later. You're not going to read it later. Admit it. Ne- Admit it right happens. now. You're not going to read it later. Uh, so true. Right? Your time is priceless and wildly limited. When we start cherishing our time more, we have less trouble with email. Here, here's the, the detail. Few people have time to respond to every email they receive or even read them in detail. Accept that your workload exceeds your resources and slavishly guard your time. Slavishly guard your time. Uh, That applies directly to email. And the next point, less can be so much more. It is time to quit thinking that one-line email responses are rude. You're not helping anyone by sending wordy responses. When it comes to email, economy is key, at least for most messages with most people, right? Like email for many of us of a certain age is like a letter, right? Like we're writing a letter, dear, hi, comma, here's the thing. But for most people who who have conquered or are conquering email, it's more like a text. It's just another channel for digital communication. So let's Let's ease ourselves out of the feeling that we're doing somebody a disservice or being impolite when in most cases with people we know, a one-liner is good enough. Drop an emoji in there. Oh, that is to so, yeah, that is so interesting and such a good point. And I also have to say that this is an issue that I've seen with clients is that there is this fear of expecting that people want a response right away. Mm-hmm. And I remember you saying something maybe in one of these episodes, probably, where you said somebody else's emergency isn't necessarily my emergency. Yeah. Don't expect me to take really on the important. weight of your stress. Your stress is not my right. stress. Right. So I think also like giving yourself that permission that you don't have to respond to every email as soon as you receive them, especially yeah. You know, and and also, like you're saying, less that less can be so much more. It's just an interesting different. It's a, just a different mindset yeah. around it altogether. Yes, for yeah. sure. And and it's like you are reading my mind. The next point, lose the guilt out of control. Right. Email is bad enough. Don't make it worse by beating yourself up because of your overflowing inbox. Forget the guilt and get busy doing your job, cleaning up the mess if that's important to you. It's OK. It's OK. 
Um, mm-hmm. The uh, Finally, lying to yourself. This is my favorite one. I always ask people, are you lying to me or are you lying to yourself? Right. One of us is, yeah. is being told a fib. It could be both right. of us, but there's a fib being told. Lying to yourself does not empty an inbox. Learn to be honest and realistic about your true priorities and time expectations while developing a baseline gut check on what you really intend to do about any given message. Right. Which goes back to, are you really going to read this? Yeah. Yeah. And if you are really going to read it or you are really going to do it or it is an actual verifiable request that you need to use on your time, is leaving it in your inbox the best use of it? In my because case, then it should go in it, to the yes, work box. It never is. I have to put it in the work box. So all of that. You could have. So let me ask you about your work box real sure. quick. If you have something like that, that's mm-hmm. to read or is some sort of like resource that you want to hold mm-hmm. on to, do, would you put it into Todoist or do you have another place for like references? So I have two places that I use for stuff and I will talk to you about them um, presently. Later. Um no, I can talk to you about them right now. It's fine. I can. I'm okay. flexible. I can adapt. <laughs> I'm throwing a question no, at you it. that you weren't expecting. One. Oh, I just snorted. I have. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was weird. That's staying in the show for sure. All right. No, it's not. <laughs> How embarrassing. All right. I probably shouldn't have even said anything. But now okay. you did. Now it's out there. And now I might just have to make it a ringtone. Um, me snorting? Yeah. No, no, it's you saying. And I said oh, snorting, I just snorting. Not... <laughs> just yeah. snorted. Anyway, back to the show. <laughs> there I go. I didn't think it, <laughs> but that time I did it on purpose. <laughs> See, I told you this would be more fun. <laughs> okay, yeah, his attitude snorting all over the place. I don't think so. All right. Okay. Sorry. So I have a couple of things uh, going on uh, for my digital. Um, filing, I use a tool called DevonThink. It is equivalent of uh, Evernote, but much more robust. So I should say it's not equivalent of Evernote, but it allows me to store like PDFs, receipts, things, because it has an incredible OCR and text search. So I can search histories and things like that. And so for things I need to file, they go there. And how do I do that? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, I use (laughs) Mac OS and there I have set up a custom keyboard shortcut and when I'm looking at an email, I hit command P for print. And then I just leave the command key held down and I hit P again. And it brings up the print to PDF dialog where I can choose where I want to save it, this email as a PDF. And so it essentially just saves a digital version of it in my system in the file uh, folder of my choice. So that is a very quick way to get things out of my inbox. The other thing I have set up in my inbox, again, I use Spark. It allows me to set up keyboard shortcuts for certain actions and integrations. And if I hold down Option-Command-T on my keyboard, I can take that email and create a task directly in Todoist from that email. It allows me to choose a project, choose a deadline, or by default, it just saves it in the inbox for processing later. It preserves a link back to that specific message when it sends it to Todoist. So once I'm finished creating that task, I hit the, I've configured it to hit the delete key on my keyboard, which Mm -hmm. archives that message, archives the message, does not, as the keyboard says, delete the message. If I want to delete the message or move it to trash, I hit command delete key. So delete archives, command delete deletes. And then uh, it lives on in the archive forever. And when I'm in Todoist and I finally get to the actual work, there's a little message that says open up in Spark. I click that link. It opens the actual email as reference to the work that I'm doing. Right. So Mm -hmm. my workflow is such that I get it out of my inbox as fast as I can get it into Todoist. And then when I'm doing the work, email becomes the reference tool or DevonThink become the reference tool for me to do that work. Um, So that that has been a workflow that's really important to me. And I, I should add, because I know you had an additional question, what is the difference between deleting and archiving? Right. Most people, uh, I, I think, that we have talked to, the, the vast, vast, vast majority of questions that we get are Gmail-related questions. I think most, right. most of the people, and I, I can't... Um, 
I, I don't want to make any gross generalizations, uh, but I'm going to I guess I'm going to do it here uh, because I think sure. a lot of people use Gmail and the concept of archive uh, or or in Gmail parlance, all all mail um, is is lost on a lot of people there. The two tools trash. If something goes into your trash, it's on a 30 day delete cycle. So a message I drop in uh, on the first will be permanently deleted on the 30th. And then it will no mm-hmm. longer exist for me to retrieve forever and ever. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Archive lives forever. And so mm-hmm. I use archive liberally. I have many, 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 many tens and tens and tens and tens of thousands of messages. Yeah, I should just say years and years of messages live on in my archive because Gmail's search tool is so good. If I want to find mm-hmm. an email again, I just type in a few words, right? I just type in a few words in the search function and I invariably I can find it in seconds. That has relieved me of having to file, to create file folders that I meticulously curate because I don't need to anymore. The only time I create file folders is when it's around a specific event. Like if there's a a trip I'm taking or a conference I'm attending and there are, are, you know, tickets, codes, emails, you need to save and you just want them somewhere in easy access. I'll put it in a specific folder or a specific label in Gmail. And then at the end of the event, I delete the label. The emails still live in archive, but I don't need them set aside in in a specific folder. And I don't want those folders to get out of hand. So I honestly, right now I have no folders. I just have my archive because I have no trips. I haven't had trips in years. So, so So that's the, that's the trick. So I think that this is a really important point because a lot of people keep the the information in the inbox because they think they're going to need it later. Later, mm-hmm. what you're saying is you can archive it and, and it's still, still going to be there. It. Yes, but it's emptying your inbox yeah. because when you've got thousands and thousands of emails, you're not going to be able to just scroll down and find it. It's going to be easier to to use the search button anyway. Archive it, mm-hmm. get it out of the inbox. I think that's, I, I mean, that's one, that that's certainly one perspective. And I think when you look at, when I, when I hear from people that they have, you know, 50,000 messages in their inbox, that's not entirely true, right? What they have is the first screen of emails is the screen of emails that's current and active, and that's the one they're dealing with. And page two begins the trail of decades of emails that are living in their inbox. Of just being yeah. saved, yeah. And you know what? You do you, right? Like, I don't right. I, I don't have a particularly strong feeling about how that works for you. For me, having page after page of emails, scroll, scroll, scroll of emails is cognitive load. And I can't deal with cognitive load in my inbox. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I know I'm going to miss stuff. And I don't like living with the feeling that I've forgotten something. And when I look at my mm-hmm. inbox and I only see 10 or 12 messages in there, I know I can get my head around it very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I I have to do that for my own sanity, right? Um, so, but I think that's a good point because you're also saying if it doesn't have that that effect on you and you're okay with it, then keep it. Yeah. I mean that, that we're not saying one way or the other, but I do think it's important to think about how do you feel when you see that yes. number, and if there is any kind of dread or overwhelm, then you might want to think about maybe managing it in a different way. Well, and for this, I want to finish up my my, uh, thinking about Merlin Mann and Inbox Zero, because this is the place where Merlin Mann and the Inbox Zero still turn to GTD, to getting things done, to David Allen Coe's philosophy. You get an email, and there are the five things you can do. You can delete it, delegate it, respond to it, defer to it, or defer it or do it. The five things. So, Delete or archive. If you look at the email and it's not important to you, but it's reference material, you can just archive it, right? You can move it or you can move it to your trash. In my case, command delete. You can delegate it. If you're not the right person to do it, then use that time right now to forward it to somebody who can, right? Forward it to the right person. Mm -hmm. You can respond to it immediately if it's going to take, and this is the two-minute rule, if it's going to take you less than two minutes to just think of a quick one-liner response, because remember, one-liners are okay, just do it. Get it out of the way and archive it. You can defer it. And this, this, these last two spots are are the uh, the kind of I think they're kind of the same. And uh, you know, in in my workflow, assign a time to reply to the email in your workbox, or do it. Assign a time in your workbox to actually get the work done if there's a task associated mm-hmm. with it. So defer or do are kind of the same thing for me uh, in the 
kind of, uh, you know, the practical application. Because the reply to you is the is action, an action step. So exactly. it really just, yeah. yeah thanks for yeah, that clarification. That, I, I think I look at it the yeah. same way too. Mm-hmm. So um, you mentioned that uh, you had a coaching call where someone brought up, they had 15,000 messages in their inbox and another said 60 and thought that was absolutely normal. Do you, uh, mm-hmm. how did that hit you? And how does that hit you now after the first part of our conversation today? Well, you know, I think that I've learned a lot as far as like just how to look at email a little bit differently. But how does it hit me? I'm not, I'm not sure what you're asking. Well, what do you mean? Because I, I think it goes back to this question of perspective, right? That it's okay if you want right. to have 60,000 messages and you feel like that's right. totally normal, yeah. you can. It does get to this question about email bankruptcy. We've used the term many, many times right. on the show. And right. I, I just want to once again emphatically ensure people I'm not telling you to declare email bankruptcy if it's if your email is not a problem for you. <laughs> I don't care. Exactly. It, right. I like, right. really don't. All I'm saying, all I want to make clear is that if you have increased cognitive load and stress thanks to email, email bankruptcy might be a solution for you. And all we're saying mm-hmm. with email bankruptcy is take your email that's in your inbox, select all and archive it mm-hmm. if you're on Gmail, right? Or put it in your uh, all mail folder somewhere. So it's not mm-hmm. in your inbox. If you want to go the whole route, then you are you send an email to everybody in your contact list, right? Create a little mailing right. list that says, hey, everybody, I, uh, I my email was overrun. And I had so many things in there that I can't do uh, all the stuff that I need to get done. And Mm -hmm. I had to clear my head and that involved clearing my inbox. If there's something you are waiting on me from, please send a new request so that it's at the top of my new list, my new clean slate. And I promise you, I will better organize it. But for now, I have declared email bankruptcy. I'm starting over. Thank you for Mm -hmm. your support, right? Mm -hmm. That's I love that. Yeah. And it lets you get... Go ahead. I was just going to say, I really love that. And I love that, like, so say that, you know, you do have 50, 60,000 emails in your uh, inbox and you and you don't want to see that number. This is such a great way, I think, to do it and still feel safe that you're not losing that information. But uh, but to to do this instead of thinking that you're going to get through them because you're never going to get through that many emails to decide if you want to delete them or not. Like, so it just feels like a more realistic way of dealing with that uh, overwhelm of, of being so far behind. Right, right, right. So, and I also think the perils of declaring email bankruptcy are different now with Gmail than they were before because you can archive versus delete. You you know, earlier right. you people would declare email bankruptcy by like literally deleting their email accounts or like this email account is mm-hmm. broke. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm going to create a new address and delete the account. Right. And that's the, that's the, you know, <laughs> Hannibal's march across the Alps kind of tool like that's a that's a really big swing to just create a new email maybe you have to do that maybe that's where you are it's okay but you could just archive all 60,000 email messages and try and just see what it's like to have uh, a clean inbox and see if it works for you if you apply this thinking you know um the Mm -hmm. the last thing on the gtd front Uh, And this, again, is a David Allen thing, like anything you touch, any incoming signal in your and he's talking about your your paper inbox. But I think it it holds true for everything else. It comes into your inbox on your desk. You touch that piece of paper. You want to touch it once. Handle email only once, too. And uh, I I think that is where we get the delegate, delete, respond, defer, and do. Uh, Like, take action. Whatever action you can take, if it's in your hand, don't put it down in your inbox again. If you want to increase the productivity muscle, if you want to stretch that productivity muscle a little bit, see what you can uh, see what you can do about seeing an inbox come email come into your inbox and doing something with it today. Like maybe today mm-hmm. is a day you just try doing that a few times and see how it mm-hmm. feels at the end of the day. If you end up with fewer in- emails in your inbox than you did the day before, maybe you call that a win. It's a, it's OK. Um, right. it, it gets to this question of multiple email addresses. This is so sticky this question. Right. How many email addresses do you have? I have two. One for business and one for personal. Yeah. Yeah. I have, let's see, 
I don't even I don't even actually know off the top of my head. I think I have four. Yes. So I have my main true story email account. I have an iCloud account or it, mine is actually a Mac, a Mac.com account because it's old. Um, I have a Gmail account and it is so hidden that and so clean that nobody, nobody, nobody uses it. It's not even on spam lists. Like it is the cleanest, clearest email address I've ever had. And <laughs> I don't, I just, I have it in my Spark as a setup. Like I have it, I don't want to touch it. It scares me to touch it because I know as soon as I touch it, it will, but I've had it for 15 years. Uh, and so why do you keep it? Because you never know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you just never, you never know. know. I you never know what? Don't ask that question. I don't know. You just never know. Okay. You never know. All right. Fair enough. Right. So, and then I have one other account, which is the most depressing email account that I have currently being checked, which is my dad's iCloud account, his primary email address. And I've had to have that in my check rotation because he passed away and I'm like, yeah. I'm checking his email for a, up to a year before I delete the account because we got to stay on top of you things. Just need to make yeah, sure. we got to make yeah. sure everything's cleared out. So that's a downer. That's the downer of an email account. But yeah. normally I have three and uh, I don't use one because you never know. But the other you two are work and personal. But here's a here's a trick. And again, this is a Gmail specific trick. And so I know that there, there are people who are using Outlook and, and are stuck in Microsoft for work. I, I think you can do this on Microsoft's platforms, but uh, I'm not sure. So, well, uh, I, I will do that research. I will report back. Uh, but on Gmail, let's say my email address is um, uh, Pete is a podcaster. Pete's podcast at gmail.com. And so um, I, that's my personal email. Everybody has that email. But I go to a store. Let's say I'm doing my annual Christmas shopping in the Nordstrom's kitchen section, which is very, very small. <laughs> you can buy like five <laughs> things, but they're very expensive. And they tell me, they always tell me, would you like to add your email address to our right. email account? or to our, your, our mailing list and you'll get a discount. And I'm like, ugh, I really don't want you to have my email address. But when that little screen comes up and says, enter your email address, you can type Pete's podcast plus sign Nordies at gmail.com plus Nordies at gmail.com. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you can use that. The email that comes to Pete's podcast plus Nordies at, will, will be delivered to my main inbox by default, right? Mm -hmm. But I can then create search filters based on any email that comes from that inbox. And I can do things with them, like skip the inbox, mark as read, move directly to trash. Like I can take action on anything that comes from those email addresses. Why am I saying all this? Because I think one of the reasons people create multiple email accounts is because they want one for like junk, right? They want one to say right. like, oh, it's my mailing list account. But you know what? With this little plus sign tool, that's kind of overkill. Like you could still have one email account that's Pete's podcast plus junk or mailing lists at Gmail and have Gmail take action on those emails and effectively create a separate sort of fake email account for you. So I right. have mine is my real one. Well, I'm not going to tell you what my real one is, but it, <laughs> I want you all junking <laughs> it up. But I actually have that, that it essentially is a junk alias that comes directly to my main inbox and it's just filtered. Right. So I have a little folder that is named that string of text and all my junk email comes in there and gets deleted whenever I want to delete it. I don't right. have a problem because I know I can just scan it at the end of the week and say, oh, are there any mm -hmm. deals I actually want in there? And I just use the same one for all the stores. So I know very quickly, right. uh, you know, what all the stores are getting and I can just delete them. And if I want to create one for a custom, like a very specific purpose, I can do that and I can do it on the fly. You don't have to tell anyone. You don't have to register it anywhere. You just do it on the fly. It's your email address plus sign whatever you want and it just mm. works. So, oh, that's cool. That's good to know. Neat it, it's I a neat trick. I, yeah. I think the, the other side of this is whatever you do, make sure you have an email client 
that allows you to check multiple accounts at the same time. Because really, functionally, email is email. Unless you have a very specific reason to have separate lives for this one email account. For example, you know, um, I was on a board once and I had to take over the board position uh, email account. Well, I didn't want that really in my main email, and they didn't want me right. to have it commingled because you know there was a there's a security process. They didn't want it to accidentally have email about the board coming from my personal email address. I get that. So that was one right. where I used a separate client. I didn't care for it. Right. I felt like I didn't mm-hmm. wasn't able to stay on top of it, if at all possible. I think. Um, I think being able to to have all in one, like for me. In Spark, I love it because it has the main inbox where you can click on it and see all your email integrated, whatever email account it came from. Mm -hmm. And when I hit reply, it automatically replies to the account to which it was sent, right? So Mm -hmm. I don't have to think Mm -hmm. about it. But if I want to click the little disclosure triangle down, it will show me all of the email accounts that it's checking. So I can go in and look at each individual email account and see only those emails, or I can see the master list of all the emails. I think if you can create a tool like that, um, uh, you know, in your life, if you can use an email tool like that, uh, I think that's worth looking for uh, in your email client. Again, um, oh, I agree. Uh, you know, I, I just think it's useful. So uh, lots mm-hmm. of tools allow mm-hmm. you to do that. Um, mm-hmm. So after you're cleaned up, really, we're just talking about like keeping stuff organized. And I think we've kind of talked about it, right? Like, yeah, you feel like things get lost. Well, if you if you are pruning a little bit here and there, you might get to the point where you can um, where you can free yourself from some of that cognitive load, some of the stress that you're forgetting something because you can see the email that you get in one screen. Mm-hmm. How many emails do you have in your inbox right now, Nikki? Mm, I have in my work email, I have 23 and in my personal, I have 17. Looks like, and I haven't gone through it yeah. this morning. So I'm in a very but, similar place. I have right now, let's see, three, seven, 13, 13, 13 emails mm-hmm. in my inbox. I ended the day, right? I've gone through my inbox this morning, but I ended the day like I woke up this morning. There were 55, 60 emails in there that I was just able to buzz through really quickly because I know when I send it to Todoist or send it to DevonThink or just save it as a PDF or just delete it, file it, whatever, archive it, I know that. It's it's going to be when I, where I need it, when I need it. And I might not even know when that point is. It's just well, taking the stress away. And I think what what uh, a main takeaway here, too, is why we have our ours so low is because it's very easy for me mm-hmm. in Spark to delete or archive. So if I, I I don't even have to open the email if I know, especially in my personal um, email. Mm-hmm. If I know it's something that I really do not care about, I'll just swipe it as as archive and just leave it. Al- I, like I'm not even opening it up to look right. at it. Um, but I do think my point is is that you do have to get into it and and take the action of archiving it. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, when I go on vacation and you've felt this before, too, when you go on vacation, you come back and there's all of these emails that you have to, like, deal with. And I think where we get where it's really easy to fall is that we stop doing that maintenance. And then it just gets to be so much that you can't get up to 50,000 again. Right. Right. So I. No. So it's, it is really, I think, trying to to put it into that routine of taking a few minutes and just getting rid of a few things at a time. Like, you know, and I'm not saying to catch up from 50,000. I mean, like right now, like I have to take a couple minutes today to archive or save or do something with these emails. Yeah. Otherwise, it's going to be another 17 tomorrow, yeah. another 17 later. Right. So there is some, you know, a little th- this workflow is work. You have to do a, something with it. But it doesn't take much. 
right? Once no. you're in it, it doesn't take much. And in fact, one of the best practices that people recommend is that you create, you treat email like any other task, not as a thing that's always open on your desktop, but a thing that is scheduled in your day. That is like, oh, I know idea. the first thing I do in the morning is I go through email. And once I put all the tasks that come out of my email in the morning into my work box and I don't need my email open, I can actually close it. I can close it and get to work right. and live in my inbox or my work box for a little while. And then I can you know, go back at noon uh, and spend 15 minutes just catching up on any email that's come in before. Now, I recognize and I, I know yeah. I've said this before. There are a lot of people who work in a in a, you know, if you work in any sort of uh, environment where you are responsible for some sort of email and email comes in and you're responsible to take action on it quickly. Uh, and that's part of your job description. Responding to email is important. I get it. If you're in customer service, yeah. you can't do this. That's not a workflow. Right. It'll work for you. So I, I don't I don't need to to hear the counterexamples. I get it. We've heard the counterexamples. Right. I've lived the counterexamples. But what I'm saying is if you live in an opportunity where you're stressed about email, but email isn't central to your job performance and to actually doing the work then maybe mm -hmm. you try scheduling it to to check it every hour, every two hours. How far can you yeah. go between opening your inbox and instead do the work of your career between those sessions? Uh, mm -hmm. I think it goes back to, um, you know, the, the expectation that we talked about earlier, which is that, you know, I, I think the expectation is changing. People expect responses less in a less timely manner today than they did 10 years ago. And... Mm -hmm. um, because everybody's overwhelmed. Everybody's overwhelmed right. with email. It's not just yeah. you. That's exactly, that's a great point. This is not just a, an individual problem. Everybody right. is feeling this way. And the other, you know, quick tip that I want to just say that really made a difference for me is I took the notifications off of my email. Mm -hmm. So I never know when I'm getting a new email. And that was a huge, like, that was a huge transition change for me because I wasn't attracted to look at it. You know, yeah. it, it, there was no distraction there. It was like, it just, I never knew until I actually went in to look at it to see how many new emails yeah. came. And I think that's, you know, that's another, uh, just another tip as far as like doing the scheduling that you're talking about, like not having it pull you, yeah. but you're scheduled, you'll look at it, you get the, you know, you see what's new and, right. and process it. Right. This is great. That's email. Thank you so that's much. That's our 2022 I love it. email platform review. So helpful. Thank you so much. Well, I hope so. I hope it is useful. Thank you, uh, everybody, for sitting through it. I know this was a longer episode. I We just had a lot to talk about, I guess. Uh, it's a but, big... It, this is a real issue. So this is great. Well, listen to it in, in little doses. It's in little, little doses. doses. Uh, so we sure appreciate you downloading and listening to this show. Thank you for your time and your attention. Don't forget... If you have something to contribute to the conversation, uh, please head over to the Show Talk channel in our Discord server. You can join us right there by becoming a supporting member at the deluxe level or better. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm podcastpete at gmail.com. Don't email me there. It doesn't exist. And we'll see you right back here next week on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. Mm -hmm.